I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. It's a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships, creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. We were talking off mic about TJ's adorable daughter, who is named Fiona, and... Since I am hip, cool, and actually have some cultural background, I knew the appropriate origin of the name Fiona, <laughs> which is not a Disney character, which I had to be reminded of. Or uh-huh, uh-huh. it's not even Disney. It's uh, the yeah, suckers at DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Right. Yeah. That would be one Fiona Apple, y'all. So doing my best to not get uh, to, to alleviate the stress in TJ's life. From, I appreciate uh, that coffee shop folks that swing in it, it also helps that uh you are uh a- appropriately a child of the 90s particularly when it comes of to music it helps yeah <laughs> her big hit was in the 90s I'm trying to think of what her big hit was criminal. it was something about breaking up what was it criminal criminal that's it yeah. saw her interviewed on the tonight show and she the whole the whole uh bit was about how much she loved colombo Okay. Like, yeah. Sure. She had she had the hots for Columbo. This sure. was yeah. <laughs> they they were like, let's talk about this for yeah. a second. This is interesting. That woman <laughs> is weird. Dated uh, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. She is like the mo one of the most introverted fours that I've ever heard of. Like she she is just there's a four for the ages, and and she has a lot of social anxiety and. Like this is why you don't hear about big, big concerts with Fiona Apple anymore, because really ever, because she 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 really struggles with performing. Yeah, because she has so much social anxiety. It's got to be a trophy associated with that. The the most withdrawn <laughs> four. The forest four. <laughs> we are continuing our uh, deep dive into how we connect, and we talked about affect in our first episode, which you should definitely listen to if you haven't yet. Today, I want to talk about the negative side of affect. TJ and I have spent a lot of our energy talking about the high and low sides of all the elements of Enneagram. Mm -hmm. There's the high and low of your stress. There's the high and low of your security. Your motive can be expressed in a healthy way, in a negative way. When you come to stance, stance has a repressed side. You're feeling repressed or action repressed etc. But there's also some benefits to stance. If you get what you want in a healthy way, sometimes earning it, being aggressive, uh, withdrawn, these these can be beneficial. I have hit my head against the wall for for six months trying to figure out how does this work with affect? And that's where we're going today. Okay, nice. We're going to introduce two new categories. 
part of part of banging your head against the wall for six months is that you have to you have to create things out of thin air and say, I think this works. This might work. What do you think about Does this? Does it work? Let's talk to a There's gotta be a high low here somewhere. <laughs> this this by the way is one of the re, uh if Enneagram is something to discover, it's gotta be there somewhere. It's gotta be. So it's walk it's, into yeah. this with the the high low thing is is everywhere. So it's gotta be yeah. there somewhere. We just have to find it. Just gotta find it. Yeah. It seems to me that affect, as we've said, is about connecting with other people. And it seems to me there are times where other people don't connect with us. Mm. And that's worth naming. Yeah, It's almost there's a lack of connection uh, for twos, fives, and eights who are offering something important, this gift of their strength, their help, their wisdom. Sometimes that gift is not received. Right. For ones, fours, and sevens, they have ideals, and those ideals aren't realized for three sixes and nines they're trying to create that space of peace of success of safety and sometimes the space just you know it, it, it doesn't materialize it, it it doesn't hold together um unformed it's not yeah i'm trying to think of another unword yeah, yeah. <laughs> what there is is a lack that's not always a bad thing it certainly doesn't point to somebody necessarily being an unhealthy person. Right. You're a bad person because you're not able to create successful spaces or realize your ideals. Right. But that lack matters to us. Right. Because we connect these ways. Right. And 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 it's it's all stuff that that like everyone experiences this at some point. It's it's part of part of life, part of navigating relationships, part of just, just being around in this reality is that sometimes you connect to people, to things, to, to work, to whatever. Sometimes you don't connect with the things that you're trying to, to connect to. And what do you do? That's the question. What do you do? There's one obvious answer, and it's to just not care. I don't That's care. my wheelhouse, man. <laughs> so you're going to be a specialist <laughs> on helping the rest of us to take the easy road off of this terrible spot that we are in our relationships. It's great. It's great over here. Your ideals weren't realized. And if you choose not to care about that connection, I imagine you can move to other spots, yeah, as an right. idealist. If you don't care about being successful anymore or creating peace, it's just going to be chaos, TJ. Just throw your hands up and say, well, I don't care. Not in my space. Your sp I mean, is it ever the case that things go chaotic and you can you can actually get to the spot where you're like, eh, I don't care? I mean, that, that's more about disassociating. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, that gets into a whole other category. <laughs> How much further into myself can I withdraw? Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. find myself talking to a penguin here in a minute. <laughs> It's a Fight Club reference, y'all. Um, there's, <laughs> if you don't care that you extended this gift, twos, fives, and eights, you extended this gift to somebody, they didn't receive it. Or even worse, sometimes people spit on your ideals. Right. You know, they mock your gifts. They're, right. Like they're actively trying to oppose your sense, you know, of space and the excellence you're trying to achieve or the safety you're trying to achieve. Yeah, there's there's unreceived and there's also rejected. Yeah. Yeah. Worth noting that sometimes people can be awful and really pushing, like hurting you and the gift that you're offering, the things that you're offering, the ways you're trying to connect. 
And sometimes people just don't, you know, just it, the hook doesn't set. Right. I've tried to connect with you in these ways and it's just, you know, or romantically, there's just no magnet. Um, sometimes we're talking past each other with, with our parents or with our kids or with people who should be our friends and there's a lack or, or even relationships that, um, grow beyond the initial foundation like that, yeah. that happens. I mean, you, you grow apart from friends. You, you find out that, that you're heading in a different direction from your romantic partner and you have to figure out how to navigate that space. Um, you can't have a relationship with your parents anymore because you can't talk about politics and that's all that you or they ever talk about. Like that, like things happen in relationships that, that cause relationships to splinter as well as like the, that initial step of just not being received in the first place. Sometimes that can be good and healthy. Sometimes friendships kind of have done what they were supposed to do for the time they were supposed to do it. And it's just, it's just time for everybody to move on. Right. And sometimes it can be real painful. Right. You might even say there's a healthy way to respond to lack and there's an unhealthy way to respond to lack. Perhaps a low side and a high side there. <laughs> hey, that sounds familiar. We found it. <laughs> Want to talk about one other element of lack and we're, we're just going to build each of the types on this front. It's when I care that my gift isn't accepted, when I care that my ideals, my spaces aren't realized, it seems to me this is the invitation for our type's underlying feeling. We talk about this a lot. We haven't recorded an episode explicitly on this yet, but anger, shame, and fear are just central to each of the types. Right. And it seems to me that when we experience lack, it will materialize in us. If we really, really care, it will materialize in us as our underlying feeling. Yeah. And so that's where we're going to start. And then we're going to bring in one other category, which is also really fun and helpful and a little dark, but <laughs> has been instructive for me. So one of the things that, so this is just to back up for a half second, one of the things that Riso and Hudson point out in their big book what is it the wisdom of the Enneagram is that when you look at these triads of um, pragmatists, idealists, and relationists, when you look at the triads, two, five, eight, three, six, nine, one, four, seven, there's movement of energy for them and it's identical. Um, so somehow your affect and your energy, the direction of your energy somehow go together mm. It's, again, one of those lists. I've been staring at this for days and I'm like, how does this work? And it seems to me it works here. When twos, fives, and eights experience lack, their gift isn't accepted, their underlying feeling is going to go outward. So notice how this works. For eights, their anger is going to go outward. It's going to go at the world. You didn't receive my strength. I have a rage that kind of comes forth and moves outward there, it can even materialize as vengeance, you know, as that pushing kind of energy because you have energy. You are, you've been, you know, it's going someplace. You have that underlying feeling of anger that comes from the fact that you can't control things and it goes outward. For twos, it's shame. 
when twos don't get what they want, my help hasn't been accepted. Well, clearly it's something that's wrong with me. And there, the energy of shame is outward. It's like, why isn't, why am I unwanted by all of these people? Hmm. And for fives, it's fear. When wisdom isn't accepted, when I'm not able to connect by what I offer, I'm suddenly aware that all the things out there might get me. That outward energy is something that Riso and Hudson want to pitch. I would love to talk about that for a second and just see if there's anything worth saying. I don't know that I have necessarily anything specific to say about the the outward direction, but I think with with each of these, with each of the the affect groups, there's a there's a sort of it, it makes sense that that feeling that that underlying feeling is direct is pointed in a direction because I think that that each group their their thing in the first place is pointed in a direction i think that the for the reactionists for for these for eights twos and fives that they are offering something from them to us to out there yeah and and so when that's not received the direction of that feeling follows the movement and and like with with pragmatists it's 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 both it's out there and internally uh, right. that like we are creating space for ourselves and for everyone else for the idealists. They have their own specific vision. This, the, the, they're not, they're not inviting uh, commentary on their ideals. They're saying, this is where we need to go. Are you coming with me? Because yeah. I'm already going there. And like Real the, interesting. The, yeah, the idea of pulling us into their ideals is like this this is where they are going, period. This is about their ideal. And so when they when their ideal is not realized, that thing that they're offering is not not received, that underlying feeling is pointed to their ideals, to their internal mechanisms that formed the ideals in the first place. Might say that that's the direction of our affect. So, if, like, if you were making a list, if you were putting something on Instagram or something, here's a here's a picture, here's a list. That's what it is. Right. Our energy, our connecting with others' energy, either goes outward, inward, or it's going in both directions. Right. Notice how this works. Then I'll, I'll build on that. You brought up six nines and threes. The door, the movement is going both directions. I think this is really interesting. That um, let's start with threes. I think they're the easiest to understand. Threes not only want the world to think that they're great, they themselves want to tell themselves that they're great. Yeah. And that's the both and. Mm -hmm. And when they don't create the space that's excellent, they enter into their underlying feeling, which is shame. And that, that feeling of shame of I've failed can materialize and it can, um, it would be towards themselves and towards the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's this like pointed at themselves about the reasons, the the different ways that they have failed, but then it also becomes a, a filter through which they see everything around them. Like, like this, these, these are all the reasons that, that people, that circumstances prevented me from being successful. Yeah. Threes can quickly tell stories to themselves and to others about why it wasn't really a failure. Right. The deceptive side of threes comes in at this point often. Mm -hmm. Let me 
spin my way out of the shame. And oftentimes those lies aren't simply told to others. They often are told to oneself right. in order to just get past the underlying feeling. Right. For nines, the world out there is can become a chaotic mess. The world inside can be a chaotic mess, right? Yeah. Trying to hold all that together. Yep. When it breaks, that's the anger that nines can experience can go both both directions, yeah. And and because we're um I, I think this is somewhat true for um threes as well that like for nines at least the the energy required to manage that anger is so intense and and we're the the anger is is basically a doorway to conflict anyway so we're trying like like we're subconsciously trying to tamp that down in the first place right uh so so as as we're trying to ignore actively ignore the anger, it's also sort of squeezing out the sides. And I think that like, like similarly with threes, they're, they're trying to actively avoid that sense of shame. What yeah. are we doing to prepare to make sure that we don't feel shame? And sometimes oh, there it, you go. it does, you know, it squeezes out the side. It's, it's, it's that this isn't my fault. It's your fault. In both instances, the three and the nine are trying to keep down their underlying feeling. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the external world might be coming with force towards the nine. Got to alleviate, as it were, the anger, the conflict, the aggression that's there. Right. Might be all sorts of messages coming at the three from the world. Want to push those down. Yep. Same thing with the sixes. Underlying feeling of sixes fear when they have no security that can be both an internal experience and an external experience in the same way, mm-hmm. trying to push down the fear within and push down the messages of fear outside, yeah? Yeah. Direction here is super important. And I think there's something about that that inner triangle. If you were to look at the Enneagram symbol, you'll know that 369 create a triangle there in the center. And there's something about the energy going both ways. They're in the, the center of the body, head, and heart triads, that just seems to be, ah, that's comfortable. That's You're sitting in the center. That would make sense that you kind of balance between the external and and the internal. Mm -hmm. That focus on the inner life gets amplified for ones, fours, and sevens. Right. Nines are trying to keep their their anger under control. Ones are trying to keep all their desires under control. We got a a kaleidoscope of things that might (laughs) need to get put in little organized packages inside of ourselves with very tight lids. Got to be appropriate. Thinking repressed people that we are, we don't actually know what's appropriate half the time unless we have a system for that sort of thing. So better bottle things up. That's that's probably safer. Yeah, Lock it down. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It seems to me about ones can struggle with a variety of different self-reflective, you know, issues. Some, some ones will be incredibly aggressive towards themselves about their appetites for food, for, I mean, for really for any carnal thing. Mm -hmm. It's, I I think all of us have bodily desires. Ones just are, I think are aware of it at a heightened level and much more reactive toward the, the impulses and desires that they have, you know, more than, than other types. It seems true that materializes as anger. They have ones have ideals 
the ideals are often first and foremost for themselves. I want to have this body weight. I want to do these things with my job. I want to have these sorts of accomplishments. When they don't manifest, when, when, when they're not accomplished, anger goes inwards. It's clearly because of all these terrible things that you have within you. And, and particularly thinking about like, like not just the ideals about the person, but, but also the ideals about the we, like, like what's, what's going on, like the, the part that is connected to other people, other things Mm -hmm. that like when these ideals aren't met, it's probably because of some significant failure on my part. Like that, that inner critic is not a voice of constructive criticism. It's not yep. a voice of saying, oh, well, this thing happened and, and maybe it could have gone better. It's a voice that's saying you are bad because you did this thing wrong. It's an angry voice. Yep. Alongside, I'm a, this is a tease for the next topic we're going to pick up, but there's first and foremost, the underlying feeling goes on within us mm-hmm. first. And then it, it gets launched at others. And every type has feelings that, you know, go towards others, which we'll, we'll talk about. But that's super important to, to note. Yeah. That would be the next step for ones. That frustration with other people or resentment, some people will say for ones. Mm-hmm. For fours, that shame is pointed at themselves. Right. The envious spirit of fours, the melancholy that you can see in fours, it's, it comes out of that spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... Um my my ideal of what these things, what this relationship could be, my ideals that I was aiming at, the fact that I didn't m- meet them, the fact that, that we couldn't get there is probably because of something I'm missing. Right. Yeah. Something dysfunctional within me. Yeah. And there's the shame. Yep. For sevens, the fear is also about their inner life, but it's these dark feelings that they have within them is actually what launches sevens into movement mm-hmm. into into trying to escape that right right the the fear is is about the places where i might get stuck and and it it starts in in the mental capacity like like you can you can have hard conversations with sevens but they don't want to be there long and they want to know that there's an exit ramp when it's just me inside my own head, there isn't an exit ramp. So I have to get outside of my head. Yep. Yeah. In an ideal world, an I- ideal world doesn't have any pain. Right. The primary source of pain, however, for sevens is something in their minds, right. in their inner life. Right. And that causes the movement. I love the idea, just to circle back, that these are all very individual uh, ways of coming to the world for ones, fours, and sevens. Because we've talked to a handful of folks, and they always kind of bring this up. For ones, ones are often the loneliest number. Mm-hmm. You know, ones will will do the thing. You know, on their own. Um, of all things, when we were talking with uh, Joel Stabile, he mentioned something real similar that he could have two World Series tickets, and he's going to invite somebody. But if you don't come, I'm going. Yeah, he's going anyway. He he wants like they they want other people to come with them, but they'll they're gonna go regardless. And you can see that in the life of fours as well. Mm-hmm. Authentic to themselves, they might be the only person on that island, but it's a beautiful island. It's a one that they think is significant, and I'll try to draw people over there. Right there, you go. The direction of our underlying feeling just matters. Notice where it's going. 
that is us. That's it. It's first in, in myself, uh, my anger, my shame, my fear and how I wrestle with it. But then affect is always about other people. So there's another way that our affect materializes. And, um, I want to call this fruit. And the way that we're going to talk about it is like, uh, this is an unhealthy way to bear fruit. So for eights, twos, and fives, notice this, all of them have a gift. They want to give strength. They want to give wisdom. They want to give love and help. When that's rejected, what materializes is a further expectation of rejection from other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's born out of somebody. They didn't receive my help. Now I further expect rejection. Right. They didn't receive my strength. Like a proof text. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this is really worth naming. When somebody, when I experience lack, when somebody doesn't receive the gift I'm offering, it pushes me into this space of further expected rejection. Right. Yeah. Doubles down on that, on that expectation. And I don't know that it's always necessarily unhealthy, but, but I think the, the unhealthier side of it is certainly that it, it makes, it makes it harder to offer that next time. We teased this last time that I'm calling this fruit because sometimes fruit can be healthy and sometimes it can be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But this is exactly right. right. Like the the fruit that's like intertwined with, with the negative elements or, or especially with the low side of our motive, when, when, when expected rejection is paired with pride and greed... And, and, you know, and the lust that eights can experience, the vengeance that they can experience, that's when it's unhealthy. Right. Yes. And, and I, I think there's, there's work to do to get out of the space where, where you do double down for these types. I, I, and there's, there's work to do to have healthier rhythms when these kinds of things happen. Um, but I, I don't think that it'll ever get rid of expecting rejection. Right. I think you just learn how to accept and not like name and accept that that is your response and then work to push past it. Yep. The last two episodes that we do are going to be all about that. What, right. what does it look like? You know, when you lack connection, how do you deal with this in a healthy way? Because this fruit's coming up. Right. But it's also the case, and I want to double down on this. One of the things I really lack as a uh, and I don't know if it's my personality or my type, but I don't expect rejection in relationships and it often gets me in trouble. Yeah. I often am idealistic. You're an idealist. <laughs> and so I'm idealistic about relationships. It doesn't matter how bad this person's been in the past. Clearly they could be that, you know, things are starting fresh and new. Let's, let's try something, uh, from a, <laughs> from today. <laughs> this, Is I, I, will, I have true? literally wasted years years in my vocation because I made the wrong decision on those fronts. Mm, Sure. And if I had been, if I had expected something different, if I had been slightly more distrustful of people, man, it would have gone better. (laughs) No comment. This isn't necessarily an unhealthy thing. (laughs) Right. Right. However, because I've had a cat in the past, I will never, ever get another cat. Just oh, so man, I am expect... so excited for the day <laughs> when we get to announce that you got a cat. 
not going to happen. Don't we got plenty of cats to play with outside because our neighbor is a cat lady and there's, there's like 20 <laughs> of those suckers. <laughs> yeah, but what happens when that neighbor moves and some of those cats are still there? Man, I I would cut off a finger to have my neighbor move. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, Moving on then, for three sixes and nines, the fruit that comes out of their underlying feeling is detachment. So once nines hit that place of, there's a point at which the anger or the shame for threes or the fear for sixes gets so robust that they detach Mm -hmm. in their relationships. Yeah. Again, that can be really healthy. And sometimes that's not the right move. Right. you want to talk about detachment for the pragmatists? Yeah, I think like like thinking about the um, the fact that that energy goes uh, inward and outward uh, for these three types. The the detachment is is so much about like like once once the bucket gets too full, once the whatever the the machine is set in motion of of building that anger and and beginning to threaten the peace once once the shame it has become ro- you said robust robust enough to actually cause damage once once fear is starting to take over then it's like like let go of the stuff that's causing that and yeah. walk away yeah that can be that can be a really great move because you know if if someone's constantly pushing me and i'm trying to avoid conflict and that person's just being a jerk walk away that's fine but also that when when someone is doing something that i don't like and the anger is just building on the inside because i don't want to say anything mean the detachment is an inappropriate response right you haven't engaged there it is for three sixes and nines you need to engage your repressed center right in in order for this fruit to be healthy you can detach but if for nines if you haven't engaged action yet that's probably not the best move right for threes that person might embarrass you but if you haven't engaged your own feelings and their feelings that's not a healthy move right and for sixes you need to get your head around things before you detach because your your fear yeah is pushing you to detach yeah. And, and, and the fact that, that those sort of those repressed centers are the, the work being done there is unproductive work that it's actually causing the thing to propel itself. Yeah. Yeah. The, the anger is, I I'm, I'm trying to keep the anger under control and the fact that I'm not doing anything about it means I'm just stewing in the anger when when shame starts to creep in at, in a relationship the the work being done to to control and harness and prevent that shame causes a break of relationships and and causes more shame and with fear like like as fear manifests and and begins to spill and and turn and 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 make itself bigger the thinking becomes wilder and wilder and more and more unproductive and causes more and more fear. That's what chaining is. Yep. 
It's like this thing leads to this bad thing leads to this bad thing leads to this bad thing. And now all of a sudden we're homeless. We're going to talk more about that in the next podcast in terms of the negative side. Well, I suppose in the next two podcasts, the negative side and the positive side of how do threes, sixes, and nines deal with their repressed center Mm -hmm. as it relates to their relationships. Really important. Right. For ones, fours, and sevens, frustration isn't necessarily negative. You can be frustrated that that relationship didn't go the way that you wanted it to. Um, What does the negative side of frustration look like for these types yeah, I think it's it's um, particularly thinking about frustrated the the frustration pointed inward. I think that frustration can also be a marker to point at in the future. Um, like like thinking about the 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 amount of time that you've wasted on your idealistic version of how relationships are supposed to go, and if if you can let that frustration like like build almost a, a, a Karen, like a, like a, a signpost, a thing that says, look at me in the future when you are entering into relationships. This is something to remember and, and learn from because if, if you don't, if you continue doing the exact same thing, if you continue in your idealism, you're going to find yourself frustrated here again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to balance your idealism with a little bit of something else. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to continue wasting years of your life or do you want to recognize that maybe it's, it's okay to sometimes not be idealistic about how your relationships are going to go. Right. I suppose, again, we could kind of elevate the repressed center here in terms of one's need to think better. Sure. In order to confront frustration and four's need to get into their bodies more. To, right. like envy isolates that's right. its nature right and getting into your body moving off the island by yourself can be incredibly helpful for fours right and sevens need to get in touch with the whole spectrum of their feelings right right yeah that that frustration is it can be pointed at myself for the failure that i am trying to avoid for the for the incompleteness for the the fact that I didn't do this right or for the the thing that I'm missing or for the the fact that sadness exists like it it can be pointed inward and that's that doesn't have to be a bad thing because it can cause you to move out of that for the future I want to associate the negative fruit the unhealthy fruit with with like a message we internalize Mm mm-hmm and this is the last of our lists, but it seems to me that when our underlying feeling of anger, shame, or fear really get its hooks in us and it starts bearing this fruit, we will have like a mantra or a meditation in our heads. And this is one of the most unhealthy places we can get to, but it commonly comes out of broken relationships. And it would be actually the opposite of the heart's message. So all the types need to hear something a heart's message. And we've talked about heart's message before. I don't know that I've heard anyone talk about that opposite of the heart's message. Right. But at least in my experience, when relationships don't work, what I hear going on in my head is something like the opposite of the heart's message mm-hmm. for ones. So for ones, it, uh, the heart's message for ones is you're good. The opposite of that is you're clearly not good enough. You are flawed and broken. Right. You know? 
and all of us have like imagine that as a mantra clicking in my in my head if relationships go badly and if what i believe is i'm not good enough and that goes over and over and over again that can be just a cycle of hurt right and last note here that's the category i kind of want to paint for this it might be easier if we had diagrams but do you want to know what it really looks like for your type to hurt it looks something like the combination of these um these fruit of rejection, detachment, frustration, paired with this mantra going off in my head. So looking at each of the types in turn, eights who are expecting rejection, the opposite of their heart's message is they'll betray me. Which sounds a whole lot like I expected rejection, right? Right, right. And it, it's the like it, it's almost like the the sort of natural conclusion of the lack. Yeah. So for eights, like I, I offer this strength to the world. I like mm-hmm. this is this is the thing that I have to give to my loved ones, and when they don't receive that, when when they stab me in the back, when they when they don't want the strength that I have to offer, that like the as as we've been sort of drawing this path, the the anger comes out and like it, it comes outward, and because I expect rejection. Of course, what that means is that they are betraying me. If they don't receive the strength, this is the only thing I have to offer, and my response is anger, then that the the conclusion, you might say, is that they have betrayed me. Yep. And that can become that can reinforce the the barriers that eights naturally create around themselves in the first place. Right. If, if in the heart and mind of an eight is they'll betray me, they'll betray me, they'll betray me, that is a demonic message that will just keep them isolated. Mm-hmm. And isolation is the opposite of affect. Right. And that's the, that's the landing point. So if you want to see the absolute low side of affect, it's here. It's something, it's, it's these messages and experiences that isolate us. Notice how it works for nines. Same sort of thing. You can't, create the the space for peace your anger goes outward and inward there is a detachment that takes place uh, that is reinforced by your action repressiveness but the message for nines is going to be my presence doesn't matter right in detachment paired with that detaching from relationships paired with my presence doesn't matter that's a withdrawn isolated location yeah you bet it is <laughs> yeah, like like I I'm creating space of peace and people don't want peace, then I guess the thing that I'm creating doesn't matter. And if the thing that the the one thing that I'm creating, if that doesn't matter, then I don't matter. There it is. And I'm just fine, I give up. I think that gets overlooked. It's that the nine was trying to create the peace and calm such that they had an investment in the community and longed for others to see the value that they bring. Right. And when that doesn't happen, that's the detachment and the message. Yeah. So it's and a it, very withdrawn message. Yeah. And it, it it's, we, as, as we talk through this, I'm interested to see if this comes out anywhere else, but, but with nines, it's, it's a really interesting, like, I guess it's true for eights too. It's probably true for all of them. The, the detachment, like I leave and then get mad that I don't mat that my presence doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and I my presence doesn't matter because I leave. 
Yeah. Like that, like that detachment, that withdrawing is, it's creating its own problem. There's the anger. I've been looking for how to phrase that, but that's where the anger is kicking in. You're angry at the world. They didn't receive your thing and you're mm-hmm. angry at yourself and it's in this dis- detached space. Yeah. A lot of language here about, it's like the negative side of your stance. Like I can see eights being aggressive about they won't betray me again. And I could see nines pushing far too far into my presence doesn't matter in a withdrawn yeah. kind of way. Yeah. And we're going to see this with all of them. Yep. All of them are going to have their stances going to color a lot of the language here. Yep. It, 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 it's another point in the column of if you're only going to do one thing with Enneagram knowledge, stance work is the one thing yeah. that you'll do for the rest of your life. There you go. Did a whole podcast on that in our steps series if you want to find it. Right. Uh, for ones, they have uh, ideals they can't realize. Anger goes inwards. They experience frustration towards themselves and others. And the opposite of the heart's message is, I'm not good enough. Haven't earned it. Right. Haven't earned it. And obviously, obviously it's my fault because I, I am fundamentally flawed. Again, the invitation to the underlying feeling, I'm going to just get angry at myself. I'm not good enough. Anger, wrath, for, uh, for wrath and hypersensitivity for ones. Mm-hmm. Their sin and fixation just gets aimed at their hearts. Right. And again, that's isolating. Right. It's actually a very self-absorbed posture. Ones, fours, and sevens are all going to struggle with this. I don't know if all these are self-absorbed postures. I think I all of them are, are yeah. a little bit... Um, Self-absorbed, but not necessarily obvious. Yeah, it's like this is where this is where you're wrestling with your demons. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's. I just. I consistently think this is a much better way to talk about about like your your devils. It looks like this, you know. Sure. Yeah. If you if you want to use that language, it's a healthier way to express that. Twos, offering the gift, offering their help, offering their love. And giving their energy towards others. It's not received. It's an invitation to feel shame at how the world is treating them. That elevates their sense of, I expect rejection when I'm offering these gifts. But the heart's message turned on its head is, I'm not wanted. Right. And uh, they're, they're offering their heart. Yep. And they're... It's so interesting with, with the... Um, these three types, the eights, twos, and fives, because the, the thing that they're offering, like they, they're expecting their internal person, their, their, their inner core to be rejected. And so they, they offer something else, but what they're really offering is a, is a doorway into their internal core. And when that's rejected, that doorway closes mm-hmm. and like it, it's, Twos are offering their heart, but they're not really offering their true, like the, like something real about them, because they're they're protecting that they're they're sort of shut off to what they want and feel and need. And when when that that help when when the way that they relate to the world is rejected, of course it's rejected because that's what I was expecting, and that means my heart isn't wanted. I'm I I'm yep. not deserving here. Haven't earned it. Yeah. It's again, the stance is all over this language. Yep. I'm not wanted because I didn't give enough. It 
routinely and now in my head is we went through love songs at the beginning of the year and one of them had was a song about the giving tree book by Shel Silverstein mm-hmm. and that image of just giving and giving and giving you're still not wanted still right. not recognized right cut yourself to pieces yeah. for that person that's an ugly spot and it's an isolating spot even though it's like dripping with desires for connection right and i i think for for twos it's it's isolating internally it's not necessarily that they're going to be isolated from actual living breathing people i think it's it's that sure. they're they're further cutting off their internal core yeah i i feel like that's how all of these work sure you can uh, you, we all know what it's like to be a lonely person in a crowded room mm-hmm. or something you know yeah be and we're lonely because these are the messages that are in our heads and hearts right have, have I teased the fact that we're we're going to show the path out of this in in the next couple episodes? You uh, you haven't said it that way. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got hope. There's hope ahead. Just just in case you're a person like Jeff who needs to know that there's a positive ending to this, <laughs> there is. It's not going to be in this episode, but there is. If you're a person like me or all fours, you're fine with it. <laughs> Sit in the darkness for a few minutes. It's fine. We just read a French novel. Such is life. <laughs> that's a crappy French accent, but that's what I had. <laughs> Threes. Crying, trying to create the successful spaces. Again, that underlying feeling of shame when it doesn't materialize, both inwardly and externally. There is the movement of the three to detach from all of those who are failures around them, from all these spheres of places where they're not seen the way they want to be seen. Again, it's the case, not getting in touch with their feelings. Opposite of the heart's message is, I'm a failure and I'm not valuable. Mm -hmm. It's worthwhile to think about threes. Part of their detachment will be detaching from things that they have been proud of or wanted to be proud of and identify themselves with. So like thinking about a, a three who experiences this kind of lack in a job and leaves that job. Like it, it's not just that the job didn't work out. It's not that their bosses were jerks. It's not that it's, it's that I like they, because they associate their identity with the things that they attach to when they detach, they now don't have value. Mm-hmm. Like if I detach from this job, then then what am I even doing with my life? Who am I? If I don't have this thing that I was working on, if I don't have this relationship, then am I even a person that's worth loving? It, it like obviously I am not a good friend if this relationship, if I walk away from this relationship. And, and like they, they associate their own value with the thing. And once they detach from it, they now don't have value anymore. Like that shame really feeds that identity. Yeah. I think examples of this might be an athlete who's a three, who might even be like a captain, somebody like high up. Yeah. And their team doesn't win. Mm-hmm. That's when there's like the failure yeah. and perhaps even the desire for detachment. 
Yeah. Um, there's a handful of threes that I can imagine who are athletes who, who jump from team to team to team. Cause what they really do is doing is trying to chase, you know, being successful, but on their own merits, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. want you don't, don't look at me in that other team I was part of. Cause those guys were losers. I was the best one on the team, but they couldn't keep up. So I'm moving to this next team. Right. Um, right. But sometimes if you really crash and it's your fault, you miss the shot, then the message of you're a failure, you're not valuable, that can be overwhelming. Well, I think e- even natural circumstances, like it, like like not not just the team lost, but also possibly I aged out, I got injured, like something yeah. happened, and n- because this this role that I was playing was my identity now i don't have that identity anymore and i don't have any value Mm -hmm. i think it's again the case we probably won't hear this very much from threes out of their mouth right these aren't the things that threes are going to say right it's the internal Mm -hmm. stuff yep and that's worth noting fours unrealized ideal again their shame goes inward there is the frustration at others and the heart's message is that nobody sees you. You're all alone and nobody sees you. Yeah. That message can get amplified in the mind of a four, especially because fours, ones, and sevens do have that inward focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the alone in a crowded room. I'm the only one like me and and nobody gets me. Nobody Nobody understands what I'm going through. That can often spill out in the language of fours, different from threes who are going to spin. Fours are going to tell you that even when you're trying perhaps to say, well, I'm trying to see you in this space. It's oftentimes fours still either know or believe they're not seeing you. Right. And uh, because the, their, their version of what, of what being seen means is an idealistic vision. Yeah. And and if you don't match that perfectly, then then you don't match it at all. It's where some of the frustration is aimed. Then right, other people don't see the genuine uniqueness quality that I have in the world. Right, can't name it, can't bring it forward. I'm trying to pull you into these amazing places, and nobody gets me, and nobody gets me. And that again, isolating language. Fives. This one, I, I'm, I'm, I want to hear your thoughts on. This one always, it flows, but it doesn't flow for me. But the fives have a gift. They, they have wisdom, insight, knowledge to offer the world. This is how they're going to connect. When that's not received, there is fear there. The world is a dangerous place, and the future is uncertain. Because nobody ex- ex- received my wisdom, my insights, that's data to further expect in the future. People will continue to re- to reject me right. in the things I have to offer. The opposite uh, heart's message for fives is my needs are a problem. It brings in a different kind of element for fives here. But a five who believes that both they will be rejected, they expect rejection in relationships, and they believe that their needs are a problem. What do you see there? I think that the focus uh, for for those of us who don't who aren't on the inside of this, I think the focus is it the focus should be on the problem because I I don't think that the it's easy to categorize what the phrase my needs means for fives 
So, but but I I think that the fact that now whatever whatever is about me some something about me is now a burden to someone else. Something about me is now uh, affecting another person in a way that that they don't want. That they that, that they now owe me that that they now feel they owe me something or or whatever that m- my incompetence my my inability my my lack of knowledge whatever whatever thing is that i have failed at is now impacting other people and it's not only visible but now they have to do something that that makes me it it makes me feel like i am a burden mm-hmm. right there's no tit for tat there something like i came with something to offer you didn't receive it and now I feel like I'm just weight. Yeah. It's failure, but at a different, it's a different kind of failure from when we talk about like with ones or threes, it, yeah. it's a, it's a, it, the incompetence is, is a good word here. It's, it's, it's something, something about me is, is going to require other people to step in and fill in the holes where I am lacking. Right. There, we talked about this last time that sometimes we want to be loved uh, the way that we love others. Mm-hmm. There, there's a principle here with fives. Fives don't want to necessarily give energy away for other people. Right. Unless they really care. But if other right. people are having to expend energy on their behalf, I don't know, that's what came to mind. It's, it's a problem, yeah. Yeah, like, it's a problem. In the same way that they have such a, a limited amount of resource to offer to other people. Like their, their energy is limited and they, they, they have to be very careful about how they give it away in that same way. They do not want to require that from others. And, and, and not, it, it's not about being needy. It's about having needs. They don't want to acknowledge that. They, they don't want to have needs. They don't want to be in a space where they, they require that, some, that somebody else has to give up their resources in the same way that they sometimes have to give up theirs. Yeah. It feels like a negative side of non-attachment at, at some point. If I could just be completely, if I could evaporate, a lot of the withdrawn types kind of have that movement. Of, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we could just disappear, if I can, or or be yeah. it, exist in a bubble where I'm completely disconnected from the rest of the world, yeah, I don't necessarily want to like evaporate, but if I could be in some type of <laughs> protective, like if I could have a force field around me that keeps everything that might steal my peace away, man, that would be would be golden. I'd cut off a finger for that. <laughs> 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 We're down two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Sixes. Again, it's about space and the that safe space not being realized. They're moving towards that. They're telling people all the things that might break in the future. Right. It still doesn't feel like a safe space. And that fear within at the world that gets heightened. The detachment comes in. And oftentimes, again, detachment comes in an unhealthy way when the six hasn't done productive thinking. Detachment is incredibly fine if people around you aren't safe. Yeah, totally reasonable. 
if you have thought this through and said, you know what? Joe isn't safe. Probably shouldn't date Joe anymore. Right. We're with you. It's fine. You should break up with Joe. Yep. We're on board. <laughs> the message that goes off in the heart of the six is one they'll be familiar with, which is you can't trust yourself. Yep. Because I trusted Joe in the first place. Yep. Bad judgment. Man, you can't trust I, your judgment. Obviously, apparently. I can't trust myself to make good decisions. <laughs> That's a that is a tricky spot to be in. Yep. If you know that you're insane, how can you trust anything that you think, believe, feel? If you know your brain doesn't work, you know. Yeah. Like that. That's like the starting place. Well, and and it's it's we the the entire Enneagram community has done a, a disservice in in sort of making light of a lot of what the sixes go through. Um, they're, they're the easiest ones to sort of pick on publicly and and that because they're the most outwardly fearful and and the the fact that they can't trust themselves, it it lends itself to like like this this is this is what we're talking about. This is this is the place where where we're able to enter in and make jokes about it. But the reality is living in this space where you are simultaneously overthinking and distrusting your own ability to think is a very very difficult place to live and this is where sixes live. I want you to hear nothing but empathy from me. No, of course, on this yeah. One. yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I, I still feel, especially being married to a six, I, I still yeah. feel a lot of regret for how much time I've spent making fun of sixes, teasing. I'm not making I, fun. I'm no, teasing. I think that <laughs> I think that's right. And just to take a step back, the Enneagram community needs to do a much better job. With sixes, how they address sixes and eights in particular, it seems mm -hmm. to me. Yep. And fours. All the yep. emotionally responsive types. Yeah. And maybe that's part Those of it. Those are the ones, yeah. Could be. There's um, a thing there. They're trying to make us feel a certain way or to get an emotional reaction from us. And, this and we're is saying, ha, ha, look, look at how funny you so are. We, <laughs> Terrible. We're, we're, the we're just fighting back. But that's, I think this, I think that's entirely right. And, and, and they're the, like speaking to the detachment, like there, there's, there can be a detachment from my own judgment, which causes me to entirely align with an authority figure. This is, this is the one of the places where six cult members, like th this is how, this is part of how right. they stay in cults. Yep. And there can be an, a detachment from authority figures. This is part of where counterphobic six lives yeah. is that saying okay we're we're walking away from this terrible person or or this system because it can't be trusted anymore i hate to do this just uh, the flip side healthy side uh descartes who is the foundational thinker that launches modernity like mm -hmm. uh, the, literally the uh, a movement an intellectual movement that reigns over western culture for for 300 years mm -hmm is a six who ends up initiating the enlightenment because he spends, he, he writes a book called the meditations. He has five meditations. He gets his head around. Why is it that I doubt my own thinking? Mm. That's, that's what the meditations are about. Yeah, and sure. it's, here's the thing, getting into that space 
not only does great good for him, it launches the Enlightenment. Yeah. The entire American Revolution is based on the Enlightenment. You know, the the uh, I mean, insights into God, the Scientific Revolution. We could go on and on. The Enlightenment has so many beneficial things. It actually comes from a six who is doubting his own thinking, is is the foundation for it all. Yeah. Anyway, it's philosophy side note. Sixes, you have so I'm championing you, sixes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got what it takes to move the world. Yeah. Um, sevens. <laughs> sevens have unrealized ideals. If they care about those unrealized ideals, they'll realize there's things within them, you know, that aren't quite the way that they want them to be, and there can materialize a fear at uh, what's in themselves. So frustration at how this is all playing out. The heart's message, the negative heart's message for the seven is you'll never be taken care of, which just feels like more fuel for an already fueled up type. Right, right. And it's five and the seven, they, they sort of live in the same camp. They're not necessarily the same message, but they, I, I think they're, they're close to each other. And in the sense that like they... Like the seven has needs. The seven sevens have needs. They have things that they have to have for life, and and they have emotional needs, and they have relational needs, and and there's there's ways that that the sevens are sort of like turning themselves off to the things that that might cause them to be stuck in a place. Because when you have needs, when you have uh, something that you have to have to live, that's going to dictate how you make decisions. It's going to dictate like what you do with your life. And, and part of what sevens want is to be unbound, to never be stuck. And, and so this idea of the, like the ideal is not met. The, the, this fear creeps in and, and points at all of the things that might keep you where you are and, and hold you back from the life that you're, you're aiming at. And, and obviously that turns into frustration and, and that, that message sort of creeps in of this, this idea that like those things that you are trying to almost run away from and, and trying to not be shackled to, those things are never going to be met and they're always going to be a problem for you. And now I'm angry at myself that I have needs. Mm-hmm. The, the fruit of that is is just the, I'm going to go 10,000 miles an hour. Right. You're never going to be taken care of, so I need to jump to the next thing and next thing and next thing. Right. I heard a random story about John Belushi the other day. He's filming uh, Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. and they're doing it late, late at night because they're shooting night scenes. Well, sure. apparently he would just walk off the set sometimes, and he would go to the surrounding neighborhoods, just walk into people's houses and make a sandwich. Oh, so sure. apparently Ackroyd is sent to find him one, one night. Mm-hmm. He's going through the neighborhood. There's only one house with a light on. So he goes up, knocks on the door. The owner comes to the door, looks at him, looks at his outfit. He's in the Blues yeah. Brothers suit. And he yeah. says, yeah, he's in here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Had just invited himself in and made, made a meal. Yeah. But there's that seems so lonely to me like if you look at Ackroyd or not Ackroyd if you look at Belushi if you look at people like Chris Farley 
Um, I mean, we could go down the list of comedians who are sevens who yeah. on one side, they're the life of the party. On the other side, they are isolated in, yeah. in, in their, their, their alone in a crowd. Yeah. Well, and even, even the, the sevenest of all sevens, the, the pinnacle of examples here is Robin Williams, yep. who was so burdened by his mental struggles that he yep. committed suicide. Watched uh, David Letterman um, YouTube mm-hmm. uh, a week. It took Letterman a week to address it because sure. they were pals. And Letterman doesn't get serious in this way very often, but the last thing he said, as he was telling all these stories about how wonderful Robin had been to him and how he had really made his career, how he had elevated him to these spots, how there he probably wouldn't have gotten the gigs he did without Robin Williams, uh, he ended... I'm going to get emotional. He ended by saying, I, I didn't know the man was hurting. Yeah, exactly. Like the, this, this came as such a, to say shock is, is a disservice to, to the reality that, that so many of people and, and even close, close friends of his, like all of us watching from a distance, but also people who were really close to Robin Williams did not know that he was struggling with this in part because he didn't want his struggle to be a struggle. Right. He was trying really, really, really hard to get away, to run as far away from that struggle as he could. It's a good lens into something I've wanted to put language to. I mentioned these as like the opposite of the heart's message are like demons. They're like mm-hmm. devils. Yeah. No one who has a demon in them in the Gospels is ever like a moral failure. It's not right. like like you don't have these these issues because you have failed somehow. Oftentimes, it's more like something has taken possession of you. Mm-hmm. Some 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 nastiness is has gotten into the your your system into your mind in this you know in this instance, and it's doing damaging work. Right huge part of just getting healthy is, you know, shoring up that, identifying it, naming it. I mean, that's actually how devils are cast out. Right. You name the devil and then it doesn't have any, it, it lacks power once it's named. If you can name, here's, here are the, the false beliefs you routinely have. You can cast them out. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically, like, like we could go through all this list, but I don't know that we necessarily need to, but specifically speaking about sevens, the, the devil here is not that you have needs, that you have struggles. The devil is that y- the idea that you won't be taken care of. That's the thing that you need to name because you're probably surrounded by people who care about you and want to help you through whatever it is that's happening. Yep. The opposite of that is isolation. Yep. It's the fruit of all this. Yeah. To to just kind of again to put it in a one big picture, that fruit plus the opposite of the heart's message, that's that's where we hurt. We hurt mm-hmm. relationally and we isolate. So our frustration, you know, paired with the idea that we're not good enough or nobody sees us or that we're not gonna be taken care of, that is a place of pain. Right. Detachment paired with my presence doesn't matter. I'm a failure. I can't trust anybody. I can't trust myself. Again, isolating. 
Right. Um, expecting rejection. And on top of that, believing everybody's going to betray me. I'm not wanted. My needs are a problem. That's, that's what that is. It's pain and isolation. See, I, I'm not wrong in saying we need we need something. We need to jump. We need to go somewhere else. Like, what do you do with this then? I'm fine with ending on a minor chord. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> I'm not. That's how I fix things. That's how this works. <laughs> Kelly was routinely trying to get me to watch movies that are of this sort. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's, and I know it. I know it from the first two minutes. It's like, oh, okay. No, somebody wants to get real emotional and tell you about the darkness in life. Yeah, just not for me. Yeah, because I can't do anything about it. That's true. You I can. can just, I can just emotionally like just feel all it. of your stuff. Just be there. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how y'all do it. <laughs> It's easier for some than others. That's why I have a Star Wars podcast. There you go. <laughs> it's just all pick me up. <laughs> but you got anything else? I don't think so. We got Not through for our, this episode. We got through a crap ton of material in a, in an hour. Yeah. That that my friend is for those of you listening. Good job, man. That's that's a college course right there. Yeah. We we've covered the gamut. We are very comfortable with the thought that you might have to listen to this a few times. <laughs> Which we won't be sad about because that boosts numbers. Exactly. Speaking of numbers, if you haven't given us stars yet, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Go give us some stars. Give us a review on iTunes. Spotify loves to see stars. Um, we also are going to start. Okay, so here's actually the thing. If you are into this material, starting October 9th and running through the first week of December, we're going to be talking about this online. So if you haven't joined us yet, we would love to have you. Go to aroundthecircle.org, and you'll see that we have events, and the events that we have online, uh, you can register there. We meet every other Sunday night, starting on October 9th, we're going to talk about affect. So if you have thoughts, we would love to hear them because this, as you can tell, this is work that uh, TJ and I are doing with fresh legs, trying to get some some insights. So we would love to hear from you. And uh, so that's what all we're going to do. We're going to dialogue through this material for five weeks, starting on the And it's also the, the case that, like, like w- we keep talking about how the, this behavior, this this movement is an isolating move. And if you don't have anyone that you can talk to about this, those groups are a great place for that. Come on. Because there are other people there who are wanting to talk about the same things, who are experiencing something similar, um, who, who can see through this, through similar lenses as you can. And, and sometimes you need, even if it's strangers, you need to talk to somebody who can see the way you can. Truth. I've been shocked, truly. And let me say this as a, as both a praise for the folks and just a revelation. I thought we were going to have a room full of train wreck people <laughs> that we were like, <laughs> like, like I have taught college classes. I know what it's like to have just a a, 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 a sea of buffoonery in front of me and go, I don't know what to do with this. No. The folks that show up are are remarkably insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, just I've been super impressed by the folks that, that show up to our, uh, our our online stuff. So yeah. anyway, much and we're not talking all. about perfect people. We're talking about people who are, are very insightful about the things that they are struggling with. Yeah. 
So doing the work. Yep. They're showing up for for gym class and and lifty lifting heavy things. Yeah. Except for you, Sally. You were a trainer. Seriously, you said some weird stuff. <laughs> I was thinking about how my attendance to this is not dissimilar from my <laughs> attendance to gym class in high school. <laughs> for context, I've missed a bunch of these <laughs> gatherings because of different life things and missed a bunch of gym class because I didn't go. So I don't know why I'm laughing so hard at that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that image. I, I'm imagining you in like green workout shorts in, in 10th grade. Bad news bears, man. <laughs> the day we treaded water, we were learning to tread water in swim class. That was here's the day I stopped going. <laughs> Here, here's what to do if you get stuck in the ocean. Pass. I'm out. <laughs> I live in Colorado Springs and I'm afraid of the water. Yeah. Done. <laughs> People have treaded water for two weeks and lived. No, thank you. I would like to die, please. Uh, this isn't going well. Uh, I'm not going to recover. <laughs> My bad. My bad, y'all. <laughs> it's the the high school traumas that are the best are the ones that are they're not like truly traumatic. They're just they're, they're, they have their own little yeah. space that could be made into a this, comedy. Yeah, this little <laughs> bubble about about something terrible that happened that's just hilarious. Looking back on it, the most traumatic thing that happened to me in high school. I remember this real clearly. Is uh, like all traumas. I was I walked into a bathroom during a uh, dance. You know, uh-huh. like we had a dance. It was I was a, a sophomore as well. Go into the bathroom. It was off campus. So once you're off campus, things are a little different. Like the yeah. rules might not apply here. Right. I remember walking to the, into the bathroom. There were four guys in there. All of them looked up real quick, looked at me, and they're just staring at me. And they were clearly doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Perfect. <laughs> but I stumbled into this. And all I see is this wave of energy coming at me. I'm like, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Just here man. for the John, man. Cocaine's but, a powerful thing, man. It's <laughs> like, I might get beat up in this bathroom right now. This is why it went through my head. So, anyway, didn't go to another dance. Skipped them all. <laughs> <laughs> Those four guys in that bathroom. <laughs> so, just, I don't dangerous think this is... Scenario. <laughs> You want to go to prom? Nope. <laughs> Just, no, I had a bad experience a couple of years I, ago. Uh, I don't know what it was. I ducked out of everything. <laughs> Isolation, man. Um, well, there you go. Hey, TJ. What's up? <laughs> you, you got anything else? I got nothing, man. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome and cannot tread water. And I'm Jeff Cook. <laughs> and you won't see me in the high school bathroom. But you know what? Good news. On this one, who you aren't, friends, just is an interesting. My wife teaches at a high school. <laughs> Forever, I would go to. I know. Thinking about this, I would go like in the high school bathroom when I was visiting her, and I would be like, just feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's like me walking into banks when I was young. Ah, so glad I got this off my chest. I didn't even have to pay 150 bucks to a counselor for this. <laughs> Favorite ending ever.